Hello and welcome back. I am honestly not even sure what to introduce this segment as because I haven't done it before. This is the first time I'm really testing it out. So I would love any feedback as always, you know, feel free to email me, tell you, tell me what you think about it. Yeah, every so often I really just want to talk about things I feel like I'm extracting from life. Maybe they'll seem really obvious to some of you, um, but you know, maybe it won't be obvious to others or it'll be a good reminder. I feel like even things that guide me in life that I know, it helps to hear about again and again. I mean, isn't that a big reason people go to church or that they listen to sermons or that they repeat or replay their favorite podcast episodes or favorite, you know, music pieces or whatever moves them or puts them in a certain mood or kind of rewrites or sets, corrects their mind, thinking, their mood. They know it's going to put them in a certain, a better headspace or remind them of a truth that, oh yeah, just kind of reorients them. I know I do. I know I have podcasts I've returned to, songs I've returned to. um, And, you know, hopefully, even if this is something that you already have realized, already know, already live by, it's good (laughs) that it's worth listening to. I'm excited and grateful for you to listen. And so I'm just going to talk about the topic is called being too in love with the end result. And I think this will be best for people who are really goal oriented or who are big planners, who are highly organized, who like systems, who maybe would describe themselves as overthinkers or people who just like put a lot of thought into something very deliberate, more on the cautious side. I feel like cultures around the world have different relationships to goals. You know, individual people do, but cultures as well. And in the West, generally, we have a much more rigid, goal-oriented way about thinking about things and designing things. And, you know, right away I'm thinking school is usually more formalized. You know, the way we learn uh, careers are usually more formalized than in many other parts of the world. Even certain interactions and meetings and uh, our sense of time tends to be more maybe precise and scheduled, you know, or, oh, especially in islands. If you've ever been (laughs) on an island, time there is very fluid. I'm going to take a second and hopefully this is an entertaining, like, little tangent I'm going to go on, but um, I just think about this and laugh compared to how we think about time in the West usually, right? So I was vacationing with my family in the Grand Caymans once. Yes, yes. It was the Cayman Islands, Grand Caymans specifically. And my siblings and I, (laughs) we're going out to this other part of the island and the person at our hotel recommended that we grab one of the buses because they make routine stops around the island. One of them was right outside our hotel and it also would take us to the destination on the other side of the island. We were like, awesome. (laughs) And so we went to the bus stop and we asked her what time the bus comes. And she's like, oh yeah, you know, just stand out there. It'll arrive, which already is (laughs) so vague. Just yeah, stand at the bus stop. 
it'll come when it comes. Westerners, I think, have this mentality. When you come to the islands, it just really releases you from it. But yeah, so um, luckily we didn't, we had hours until we had to get somewhere. Either that or like it didn't really matter when we arrived. Like we had things we wanted to do, but it wasn't so like there was no time restriction but (laughs) I remember we were standing out there and it'd been like 10-15 minutes so we were just kind of getting antsy because it wasn't a sign either and so we were just kind of standing on the side of the road and like I felt dumb I was like (laughs) we were just like you know I mean we trust that the person knows what they're talking about but like we're just standing here like watching cars go by every so often but like don't even know what kind of bus to look for like what we're looking for and so we um, see she's actually a server we had um, the night before. She's on a bicycle. And I'm sorry, everything about my memories from the Grand Cayman feels like a fever dream. Yeah. So our just server from last night was riding on a bicycle past us while we were waiting for this vague, possibly imaginary bus. And, you know, so we wave her down. We're like, hey. And she's like, hi. And we were just asking. We're like, hey, do you know how often this bus comes by? Um, And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like every 15 minutes, every 30 or an hour or two hours. And we're like, okay, all right. It really does feel like (laughs) this arrives at any time. Listen, this sounds like it would have been the most frustrating experience, but that's if you had, you know, these rigid expectations. If you had this time that set this really um, strict itinerary, then yeah, this would have been a nightmare. But it was just funny. Like that was one of my favorite trips because it really just forced you to just truly go with the flow. The bus did finally arrive. Um, We did get on it and made a bunch of random stops. We had no idea when it was going to get there. We had no idea where it was going, really. Sorry, I I just thought that was really relevant into what I'm going to go into, um, which is, you know, it is great to have goals. There's a reason that that so much research has gone into, you know, proper goal setting, um, into managing our goals, into sticking with our goals into achieving certain goals it's because i mean there's so many benefits to having them right um getting to a certain destination a big reason that my blog exists is because i mean this is the self-management podcast right managing yourself does involve inviting introspection into what is good for you so that you can create a plan and goals moving forward and create outcomes that you enjoy, that are right for you, put your skills and your interests and really just designing a great life for yourself and for the people around you, you know, all that stuff. That all, you know, involves a level of planning, organization, discipline, self-management skills. So obviously I'm for these things. So, you know, these are super, super valuable, worth deliberately cultivating. It progresses us as a species. It can limit some of our worst instincts. You know, I can't say enough about how valuable these set of skills are and how worthwhile it is to pay attention to and to cultivate them, recognize your strengths and weaknesses in these domains. That's the point of so much of the content that I put out. But there is absolutely, positively, 110% too much of a good thing. 
So here is where I really wanted to offer a counter to over-planning, over-design, to, to overdoing it. So I just wanted to take some time here to explore the drawbacks of when we are too in love with the goal, with getting to an end result, with a certain outcome, and exactly why. Um, there, I list a couple of reasons that I really want to dive into about how this can really harm you and undo a lot of the good things that you were probably originally aiming for. So reason number one, honestly, is that this is just not a realistic way to look at life. It is so impossible that you're going to meet every single goal that you set. I, I don't know a person like it. I'm not a person like that. Um, that life just gives you every single outcome just because you work for it or you plan for it. You know, the more effective that we become at understanding life ourselves, the goals that we're working for, making them more realistic, more aligned with our goals, interests, all that stuff. Yes, it'll make it more likely, but there are a million things working in this universe, in our lives. It is so unrealistic to feel like it's always going to go your way. And life will be an extremely frustrating experience if that's your mindset. And I think what can make, at least for me, the transition to this understanding a little bit more difficult and that I actually think in other parts of the world, they have th this um, understanding much clearer and that it's m probably a more organic part of their understanding of living life is that Goal setting, that more rigid approach actually works really well in an academic setting because academic settings are fairly controlled. It also works really well in most work settings because it has a similar structure, although it is very different than school in many ways. And it can be jarring to transition from school to work for a host of reasons. I think that both of those environments have an artificial structure to it that helps work get done um, reliably and if you know and there's systems for a reason so that you know a lot of people can work towards something as cohesively as you can get a group of people to do it that's usually the aim of an organization right to accomplish more than a single individual could right synergy or whatever those business buzzwords are um but yeah both of those really controlled settings are really different than i think life i think the pandemic is such a powerful powerful reminder of the of how we imposed these structures on the planet and that the natural world operates differently and that they can go away and that we have to adapt and things can disappear, that life is, it felt really uncontrollable, but I was listening to this podcast. Oh my gosh, I am, okay, I wanna tentatively say, and Duke is the author. I I will link the the author of the book because I I really do think it was her who mentioned it. She is someone who deals with like probability and decision making. Anyway, the author of this book, she said something on a podcast I was listening to during the pandemic that was like, whoa, you know, when I was listening to it. And she said that, you know, in the pandemic, we think, wow, this is a really unpredictable 
era in life. But she's like, life is actually always this unpredictable. You know, this is a, an event that scrambled things, but it's not different than the kind of surprising nature of just being alive on this planet, all the natural uncertainty of just existing, which is like, I don't know, it gives me goosebumps. You know, uncertainty isn't comfortable for most people, but she was kind of saying like, yeah, this, this time, what is it? Uncertain times, unprecedented times. Oh my gosh, those phrases. I never want to use them again. But she's like, I mean, yeah, this is unprecedented, but like the level of uncertainty of life, it's just unexpected things always happen, you know? So anyway, that's all just to cover that reason number one not to be too in love with the end result, your goals, outcomes, is because it is not realistic to believe that everything that you you know, want to come to fruition, that you even work to come to fruition, or that you set up pretty decently to come to fruition will. And it can feel like a sad thing, and it usually is. It's disappointing. Um, but when we get further into this list, you'll see how, and I'm sure if you're if you reflect on life, you can see how that actually isn't a sad thing at all in many, many cases. So the next reason that being too in love with the end result is a problem is, you know, you develop this vice grip on life. It makes you rigid, it makes you inflexible, and that always comes with pain, right? If you fight reality, you will always lose. And I <laughs> I have become so much more relaxed and fluid, not because that's how I naturally am or how I behaved or was. It's because I realized that I will not have peace without it. I think that's why, you know, honestly, so far back, reaching back since high school, I have always loved Taoism, Buddhism too, um, not necessarily the more religious aspects, but the philosophies really capture the essence of existing and the nature of being alive, I think, really well. And it makes sense that these philosophies are known as the more peaceful ones is because when you move with life, your life just does become more peaceful. You resist less. You're putting up less of a fight. And, and when you fight life, you are fighting so far out of your weight class. And I think this is what is so difficult about self-improvement and moving forward and designing a good life for yourself. And really, really, I think what the work on my blog, the work I'm trying to do here is aiming at and all of these efforts are for, it's sometimes persevering, pushing, 
motivating yourself to keep going when it is so, so tough because a lot of things that are worth doing are hard and tough. And it doesn't mean that it's not right for you. It's just that it is naturally hard and tough, but will be worth it if you work for it, right? Developing mental toughness so you can grind when it matters, so you can do the right thing. That has a huge place in living this really awesome, purposeful, successful life, you know, doing things that are scary, going forward, even when you're nervous, changing your mind and acting and doing something that you know is right for you, but it just feels so uncomfortable like that, right? But then also it's knowing when to release, to pull back, to completely let go, to course correct, to surrender. And <laughs> and so it's like, so when do you know which one to do? Discernment. That's it. That's It's just learning what situation probably calls for which one. And you'll get it wrong sometimes. But the idea is that as you practice these skills and as we move forward and as we learn more and kind of gather more data, moving through life and reflecting and then moving forward and reflecting and learning, right? Gathering knowledge. That's what all of these research-backed sources are for when I write the longer form blog posts. Um, Anyway, I don't want to get too far off topic, but basically, yes. So you can develop too tight a grip on life when you are too focused on achieving that singular goal. Um, And when you're rigid and inflexible, life will hurt more because it's going to throw things your way. And if you're not able to embrace the more soft aspects of life, the letting go, the surrendering, the allowing, um, the rethinking. So yes, that's another reason not to get, you know, so wrapped up in whatever goal and to really listen to the feedback that life and experience is giving you. That was really important for me personally and learning, yeah, to back off. That's a really important skill too. Forging ahead, awesome skill to have, learning to back off, surrender, accept, also a really, really peace-inviting skill to develop. So here is um, what I was mentioning earlier, where it isn't just you know, a sad thing that you can't always reach your goals or that goals that you set out and that you work towards um, don't work out, you know, a good amount of the time. It's not always a sad thing because when you are too in love with the end result, you are not open to how life can give you more than you ever imagined or reveal better options, options you didn't even consider. I'm going to mention this book over and over because it was really the book, I think, that kicked off my interest in all of this, Decisive by uh, Dan and Chip Heath. And it talks all about like decision making, both in business applications and personal applications. And they have this phrase that has always stuck with me, and it's called cosmic humility. I love this phrase because it really does force you to zoom out and understand you're <laughs> your very important, of course. People, life, it's all important. But a cosmic humility is understanding how little you really, really know that you can predict, that you can influence in this vast, vast universe. You could be redirected 
right? By failing at that goal, by being blocked, by having this door closed to an avenue you never even considered and was actually a better fit the whole time. And you won't be able to see these things as well when you become so rigid and so narrowly focused. That's another danger of being way too in love with just the thing that you're looking at and really remain open to all the things life can give you outside of just the thing that you thought of is really beautiful experience. One, because it proves to yourself that it's okay if I fail at this goal or it's okay if this doesn't work out and opens this really big like abundance mindset, which I know is so hokey and is used in so many more like flimsy, unresearched, like woo-woo circles. I understand. But it's so true that how you view the world can totally change what you feel like you can get out of it. And when your view of the world is more expansive and that you are not so upset when things, certain things don't go your way, it increases your adaptability and that failure doesn't mean the end for you and reminds you of your resilience. It's also less stressful, right? It takes the pressure off. Okay, so that one thing didn't work out. Do something else. Okay, that didn't work out. Do this thing. Okay, this thing's kind of working out. Put more into, you know? Um, So yes, the problem Another problem with being too in love with the end result or your final goal is that you are not open to how life can give you more than you ever imagined or reveal better options. Okay, so the next problem is that this vice grip on life, being too in love with like the end result, a goal not being able to let go, is that you can drive people away with a really controlling energy or You know, on the other hand, you can keep people and things that shouldn't be kept. Whenever you get a little bit too narrow-minded, you risk pushing away a lot of what makes life worth living, specifically really good relationships. Um, Not just nurturing ones that exist, which is really important, but uh, building new great ones, right? Because naturally through living for most people, if you're not making new relationships like friendships, uh, then you're probably just losing them because over time you like lose touch with some people and relationships are such an amazing buffer for stressful times, uh, shoulders to cry on, and they have to be cultivated before you need them. Otherwise, when you need them, you know, you can't just call on strangers to do the work of people who have invested in you and you have invested in them. So, you know, when you get overly focused on accomplishing a goal, you might throw way too many personal resources at this and neglect some of the things that make life super awesome that make us look forward to life outside of whatever this goal is. And then so if it, even if it doesn't work out, you know that there are people who love you, that you have value outside of whatever this value is supposed to bring you. There's a million and 10 reasons that life is still good. You know, a business could fail. You could lose your house. You could this repo, this happened, this happened. Um, but at the end of the day, this person loves you. This person wants to see you succeed. You know, so that's one aspect that 
makes this a huge downside. And then the other aspect is that the person it can transform you into. So along the way of working towards our goal, a lot of growth and evolution happens. And this is fantastic, in my opinion. Um, I have grown personally and like in such an accelerated way when I set lofty goals, challenged myself, worked far outside my comfort zone, pushed myself outside my comfort zone, have had to go through emotionally difficult experiences, rein myself in, learn self-management so that I'm not making a lot of the same mistakes that maybe previously got me into trouble or prevented me from getting the things that would make my life fuller, that I wanted, you know, you improve in this way. And it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, this, this podcast, this blog, it's the result of all of this. But if you're not careful, it can also transform you in ways you dislike. And that it's only later on you realize, oh my God, like I acted so poorly or that it's possible that the conditions that it's putting you under, right? Um, The stress, maybe lack of sleep is making you a more irritable person. You're snapping at the people you love most. You're more distrustful. You are more blaming, more perfectionistic, and you expect everyone else to conform to your standards too. And, And that'll drive people away. You become more controlling. These are behaviors that could distance your support network, the people that you would need the most to thrive and to be well and to do well. So that's a big, big danger. To me, this is one of the most important things to look out for when you're working towards something. And especially if you are just, yeah, ambitious, you know, driven by goals. Yes, it's nice to accomplish. It feels good, but there is so much more to life and throwing away your personal life is not it. It's, it will cause much more pain than whatever, you know, um, more headway you make by, destroying that part of your life or certain parts of your life. It can be very difficult to repair. Of course, you know, not all is lost all the time. And if you have really patient or long-standing friends, there are ways to repair. You can rebuild after mistakes. That's also what this is all about. We all make mistakes. We all, you know, venture down the wrong way and you can rebuild, but it's just so much easier to maintain and in these mistakes, we can learn our lessons that way, um, but it's a lot less painful if we can just avoid these like more catastrophic ways of being and living. So um, yeah, that's a big danger to me. So next problem is that your goal could have been ill-conceived or outdated. So big problem of holding on to a goal too tightly is that, so, you know, most goals take most big goals take a long time to achieve, right? So it's very possible that you set this goal when you were younger and knew less about yourself. So that means maybe you set your goal based on, you know, ill-conceived reasons. Maybe you wanted to be rich and famous, which I, I mean, I guess is a reason, but doesn't really fulfill you the way that you think so, especially as a kid. Um, Once you get older, you kind of (laughs) have a better understanding of what actually makes a good life worth living. And fame is 100% not 
an ingredient that's required. In fact, I think, you know, the more we understand about famous people and what that can do to you, especially if you're really not careful, and, you know, sometimes even if you are, really not great for your personal well-being. So, yeah, maybe that was a goal that you set when you're young and now you're a little older, understand life better and realize, mm, that's not a really good motivation. Um, maybe it was you had a lot of family pressure when you were younger and you know, you headed down a certain path. Now you're older, maybe family isn't pressuring you as much or you have the boundaries and the maturity to understand that you belong to yourself, that you can own your life and that you reject that authority over your destiny. And now you're like setting your own goals, thinking about yourself and realizing that, oh, okay, the reasons that I did this are not for the best reasons. There's a bunch of different things that I can list. And it doesn't have to just be with, you know, I said it when I was younger and didn't know myself more. Over time and over life, lots of things about us and our situations can change and make a goal outdated. So if you're too fixated on a certain thing, you can just kind of keep doing it because you've kept doing it. Um, Sunk cost fallacy, right? You have been doing it. You've thrown so much time and resources after it and maybe you've even built an identity around it people know you as this thing um you've told people this thing maybe you're even gotten a lot of awards for this thing so you're proud of it so it's just so hard to change course these are all really emotional and and very valid you know reasons we hang on but they're not in our best interest and learning to let go and to release is huge here because you know there's no sense in throwing good money after bad throwing good time after bad the moment you know it's no longer right for you but if you're just so attached to whatever this goal is even when everything else in your life is telling you that this is no longer relevant this is no longer or maybe never was and now you're understanding it whatever it is it will be so painful the longer you just grip and hold on rather than just changing course there is an entrepreneur that i was reading an article about i wish i remember her name but this is the phrase i don't know if she had coined it i'm i'm saying I'm going to say that she didn't coin this phrase, but it's the first time I heard it from her. Anyway, so it's called emergent strategy, and it just takes into account that at the start of any project, your knowledge is incomplete, and so plans will change just as you learn more about what you're doing and then whether you're best suited for it, It's and it's, and it's a departure from, I think, the more rigid business plan things that they used to teach. I don't know. That's what the gist of the article was that, you know, especially now in a world that changes much more frequently because of modernization, emergent strategy and being adaptive is really, really important. And I think that definitely plays a role in life design, in designing forward. You know, being so hung up on one outcome betrays a lack of self-trust and inner resiliency. You can learn to handle detours and delays and obstacles. And, you know, it's necessary if you want to learn how to ride out life's, you know, ups and downs and when it throws curveballs. This is such an important skill in order to thrive. And, you know, 
that helps you be open to opportunities when you don't expect them. I've already gone over this point, but it just bears repeating. And again, this is going to stray into more spiritual talk, but I I have to say it, um, you know, I think it betrays a larger lack of trust in life itself. You know, you are a living being. We're all living beings. We're, our fates are connected on this planet. And it just feels really, really true that you co-create your life with others and the universe, life, whatever you want to call it. Um, Being alive is a group project. It's a shared project and you're co-creating with the universe. And so you'll set goals, you'll make plans, reality will change them, she'll break them, (laughs) you adjust and then move in a different direction. Often one, again, you never even imagined. I can't even think of the number of times I'm like personally thinking of right now where I went in a direction I never thought of. To me, this is how it is when the dance with life is going well. You move, it moves, you move, you respond, um, you forge ahead, you know, it allows or it blocks, then you respond, you adjust, you create. It's, it's <laughs> Once you relax into this truth, I think life becomes much less stressful. So yeah, this might be a little bit longer of an episode, but I really enjoyed talking about this and these are the major points that I found. Let me know if this resonates, if this is similar to something, whether you can relate. I appreciate any and all feedback. Um, Also, you can just tell me examples of when, you know, you let go of a goal and then things worked out even better. Honestly, that 100% has happened with me. I mean, in the pandemic, right, just had stretches of time to think and to really decide and to learn and read and to reflect. And the changes I've made in the pandemic, and I know a lot of the changes many people have made in the pandemic, have made their lives better in ways that I didn't imagine before and couldn't have imagined. So... So yeah, I hope this was, you know, an entertaining reminder to yes, plan, set goals, um, have standards for yourself, go and do and create great things in this life, um, have a purpose, be productive, but, you know, also respond to the rhythms of life, relax, let go, understand that there are times to just pull back and things work out or they don't and you just adapt that is the rhythm of life thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe to the podcast to stay on top of the weekly uploads scroll down to the show notes in the description of this episode for a link to the blog softncentered.com and to get onto the bi-weekly newsletter so you're the first to know about new posts, releases, and other updates. Please, please take just a few minutes right now to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening. The feedback and support means a lot to me and I love hearing from you. Feel free to email me at softandcentered at gmail.com as well or on any of my socials at softandcentered on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Thank you again and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.